Momentum Presents, bringing in-depth experience and improving maternal, newborn, and child health services, family planning, and reproductive health care in countries around the world. Providing technical and capacity development assistance to country leaders and governments and ensuring that mothers and babies have access to essential care in order to reach their full potential. We are Momentum Country and Global Leadership, funded by the U.S. Agency for International Development. And we Welcome you to Momentum Presents. This is the exclusive podcast series highlighting strategies for maintaining essential maternal, newborn, and child health services, family planning, and reproductive health care in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are discussing challenges and sharing solutions with country leaders around the world and keeping the momentum going in responding to the global pandemic. Welcome to Momentum Presents. Episode 1, Innovating in a Pandemic. Good afternoon and welcome to Momentum Presents. My name is Julia Bluestone and I'm the Senior Capacity Building Advisor for Momentum Country and Global Leadership. In this episode, we're going to chat with Dr. Surendra Sharma, who's the State Team Leader for Japigo and Momentum Country and Global Leadership in India. Dr. Sharma will be highlighting India's pandemic experience and sharing how their team's been using technology to improve water, sanitation and hygiene services, and infection prevention control in health facilities. Good afternoon, Dr. Sharma, and welcome to Momentum Presents. Good afternoon, Julia, and thank you very much for inviting me for this uh, first episode of Momentum Presents. It's indeed an honor to represent my team who is working on the field to ensure that our health workforce stay healthy and they are protected from the onslaught of pandemic. Really excited to be part of this. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the fact that you're connecting in from home. And, you know, over the last few months, I've been so impressed watching how your team has adapted and pivoted and brought in new innovations to support your work. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining. So let's jump right in. So, Dr. Sharma, you know, you've been working in public health a long time. You've worked on immunization, disease surveillance, project and research management, as well as family planning. You know, based on what you've seen, tell us why is water sanitation and hygiene services and infection prevention control measures, why are they so important to ensure mothers and children receive the care they need during this pandemic? Excellent question, uh, Julia. When I look back into my journey of last 15 years across a different sector that you just mentioned, uh, one common thing that I have observed which denies us health seekers from their services is fear. It's the fear of unknown. When I say fear, when I was working in the field of polio immunization, the fear was what will happen to my kid if they receive the vaccine. When I was working in the field of uh, disease surveillance, they were afraid if they report a disease, what will be the uh, perception among the people in their community? How will they respond? Now, when we come uh, jump right into the pandemic, the fear was a threefold here. The fear was among the healthcare providers, fear was among the healthcare seekers, and a fear was among healthcare facilitators. The providers were afraid that if they go to the facility where everybody is coming to seek care, they are bringing in with them uh, the COVID-19. The fear was among the mothers, if they go to the facility, uh, then they may catch the disease without uh, actually knowing it. If they come for the ANC examination, antenatal checkups, they might catch it. If they are going for to immunize their kids, they can catch the infection. Similarly, when we look at the facilitators, like the frontline workers, what we call ASHA in India, they were afraid how to connect the dots, uh, the providers with the healthcare seekers. 
they were afraid for their own safety so that is one common theme that i have been observing over the last 15 years if we can uh, somehow uh, address that fear uh, then everything falls in place so yeah that is one thing that that uh, that has been common even before the pandemic and even beyond the pandemic yeah yeah and thanks for raising that and you know i'd like to follow on the the theme of fear you know you mentioned health workers families as well as patients and you know the world health organization has designated 2021 as the international year of health and care workers you know recognizing the dedication and sacrifice of millions of health and care workers at the forefront of the covid-19 pandemic so you've talked a lot about fear tell us a little bit how has your team been working to address the fears specifically of healthcare providers and make sure that they're protected from the spread of the virus so uh, when we began our operation uh, in august last year uh, that was a time when covid was peaking in our country uh, when we uh, initially uh, contacted them that yes we are coming in with our this approach wherein we will be supporting them to respond to acute shortage of infection control measures and uh, some of the issues related to the wash services there and they were they were afraid that sir we are seeing so many patients right now if you come to that how will we provide our services to them then now this was an added fear that they don't have time they are responding to the acute uh, emergency right now and if we go there we might uh, deviate them from their acute services uh, that they are delivering right now and uh, this was uh, where we use our virtual mediums i think that was one of the first brush of us mm-hmm. when we tried to mitigate that challenge yeah Th- thanks dr sharma i think it's a great illustration of how you're meeting health workers where they are and directly addressing their concerns and again if you're joining us now my name is julia bluestone and you're listening to momentum presents the exclusive podcast series highlighting strategies for maintaining essential maternal newborn and child health services family planning and reproductive health care in the face of the covid-19 pandemic In this episode we're highlighting the pandemic experience in India and talking about leveraging technology to improve water sanitation and hygiene services and infection prevention control with state team leader Dr. Surendra Sharma from Momentum Country and Global Leadership and Japico. So Dr. Sharma, I I want to pick up on your thread. You know, you've addressed the health provider concerns and and I understand once you started working with the facilities that they decided they wanted additional infection prevention control training so please tell us a little bit more like how did you make this happen uh, so when we initially did our orientation and then we uh, worked with the facilities to identify the gaps using our tools that we derived from national and global resources and once we could spot on the gaps one of the thing that you just mentioned was the need of training it was a government enforced lockdown we could not move freely they could not move freely they cannot leave their facilities so it was a catch 22 situation wherein if we ask them to come out of their facilities for training it will impact uh, the discharge of their clinical services and if we don't uh, provide the training the services are not going to improve so what we did we went back to the drawing board and i'm proud of my team who really worked hard to find out a judicious mix of how to deliver this training virtually we developed six capsules of training package uh, which were to be delivered over six days and each capsule was around one and half an hour it's like 60 to 90 minutes long and we kept a provision of uh, 2 hours for each of the sessions so as to allow for frequent question and answer and explanation uh, during the course of delivery 
after that, uh, we did a dry run with some of the facilities and could finally formulate the final program. With the blessing of our state government and the support of district teams, we could finalize a program. And this was falling directly during our, our Christmas break. And uh, uh, thankfully, uh, with the help of the facility providers and administrator, we could provide those trainings using Zoom platform. Now, again, when we are doing this training, another uh, new problem popped up. And that was access to smartphones. Not everybody owns a smartphone in the facility, especially uh, those like cleaning workers. They do not own and operate from a smartphone. They use a basic uh, talk and text phone like a keypad phone. Now, it was again a challenge. And we spoke to the facility in charges and asked them to arrange a kind of a monitor, a screen or a projector, which they can plug with their devices and ask everybody who does not own a smartphone to come to that particular room and attend sessions with proper precaution, safety mask and physical distancing. And if they had any question, one person was manning the keyboard wherein they can chat uh, their questions or raise a hand to ask the questions on their behalf. So, yeah, we could reach more than 300 logins in those six days of training and everybody uh, really appreciated the efforts that were made to ensure that everybody was training. So after those training and even during those training, we, we formed the, some WhatsApp group for each of the districts wherein uh, we had participants from all the cadres. And if they had any question or any clarification was required from the uh, topics that were covered in those trainings, they could ask in those groups and somebody from our side could respond. That really helped us to gain a real 180 degree or say 360 degree conversation with them even beyond the official two hours training time. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Sharma. That, that's a, a wonderful example. And I know, you know, that many countries are, are switching and transitioning to using Zoom. And I, I love that you're using WhatsApp for ongoing performance support. That's so important. You talked about, you know, the fear um, from health workers and, and how you helped people voice those fears and ask the questions. You know, we know how important personal protective equipment is for healthcare providers. And, and can you talk a little bit about how your team has applied uh, innovation to expand access to personal protective equipment for health workers? Uh, sure, why not? So the personal protective equipment, while they are necessary and are a must when we are dealing with the pandemic like uh, COVID-19, uh, when we started in August or even right now when we are sitting in March and seeing a resurgence of cases in our community, uh, we, we had a twofold problem. Number one, uh, the PPEs were not coming in enough quantity. And number two, even if they were in enough quantity, the logistics were not streamlined in a way that it could reach each and everybody who needs them. Now to answer uh, both the uh, issues, what we did, we said uh, with the facility in charges, we kind of quantified their demands on day, week and monthly basis and tried to find out what was the most commonly missing factor. And again, we found that uh, the PPEs were missing mainly for the cleaning staff. And this was included uh, gumboots, long gloves, face shield, face masks. And oftentimes we found that the color-coded uh, liners were not available in enough supplies. Uh, then we, what we did, we, we sat with them and uh, we quantified the demand for a month. And using our project money, we procured this uh, uh, supplies for a month and uh, delivered to them. And also 
showed that yes it can be done using a very minimal amount so like in in, in this case for each of the facilities we had hardly more than 10000 rupees which is roughly 180 dollars for one month supply for cleaning staff and when we uh, justified saying that if one of the cleaning staff gets contaminated or acquires one of the infections then your entire chain gets broken and uh, that opportunity cost is really higher than what you are spending on the PPEs. So that was one part. The second part was when we are thinking of N95 masks, which was really essential to keep uh, our health workforce healthy, that was really in short supply. It is a costly equipment compared to other pieces. Uh, and uh, uh, to answer and mitigate those challenge, we uh, joined hands with one of the tech startups is housed in, in uh, Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi, Chakra Innovation. And what they have is they have a machine with liquid ozone uh, that effectively uh, decontaminate, use N95 masks and make them as good as new and reusable. We can process N95 masks up to 10 times and they are as good as new after the processing. So we, we asked with the uh, state officials and identified two facilities, one in each of the uh, initial states, that is Madhya Pradesh and Chhattisgarh, and there we tried to install this machine. Great, thanks. I, I know you've been working hard, and it's wonderful that you're moving forward with helping India look at PPE and specifically N95 mask reuse and, and sterilization. You know, we'll be really interested to see the outcomes from that. Tell us, you know, how else did your team innovate to improve water sanitation and hygiene services within facilities? You know, what other ideas and innovations did you bring? One uh, important part that we often noticed was uh, the routine maintenance of water services was something uh, that was really missing. And this did not cost a lot of money. Uh, some things uh, as small as elbow tap. If that is missing, then the entire process of proper hand washing is defeated. So we work with the facilities to find out those uh, small gaps. We uh, kind of uh, ask the unskilled or senior skilled laborers who are in the same vicinity, work with them to identify and quote uh, the prices of repair. We work with our team internally to ensure those resources are available. We often found that in the remote facility, a simple instrument like an elbow tap was not available. So we uh, work with our team to ensure those uh, simple supplies can be procured from a district level of, of place and sent to those facilities to ensure it gets done. So that was one piece. I can say um, this minor repairs was one piece. The second piece was major repairs. Like if a facility requires a new toilet. Talking about innovation, uh, we are uh, now joining hands with another tech startup uh, which is using uh, image analytics to identify what is a good hand wash. This is interesting, very interesting piece. Uh, the company is DataCulp, which is housed in uh, the Silicon Valley of India, Bangalore, and uh, their machine uses a patented idea uh, wherein they uh, sit up atop a wash basin and look at the hand movement during the hand wash. And if a hand wash goes through all the nine steps that is recommended and has a, a, a duration of, say, 20 seconds or more, then it is labeled as a right hand wash. Otherwise, they will flag all the missing steps and uh, report out to the, the provider who is there and the wash patient immediately and also create a dashboard kind of analytics for the facility for the internal discussion and action taken. So, yeah, we are working with uh, this other uh, technology piece, which uh, might be a game changer in coming days. Wow. I think your team has done a beautiful job at, at really 
increasing and addressing local commitment in addition to the innovations you guys are doing, which is really exciting, like using AI instead of, you know, human observers to, to make sure hand washing is done correctly. You know, we're really interested to see, you know, the great work that comes out yeah. of this. Um, I'd like to just, if you could speak briefly, you know, a lot of us are using Zoom and WhatsApp now to support, you know, capacity building. And if you could speak briefly, like what are maybe one or two of the most important challenges you know, when it when it comes to reaching health facilities like virtually. So the most important part of uh, reaching anybody virtually is whether they have access to the logistics. They have the machine, a smartphone with uh, dependable network availability. That is one part. And second is uh, group management. When you are talking with uh, many people at the same time who are uh, with a heterogeneous group, then oftentimes you find some people will talk a lot and will not allow others to speak and uh, vice versa. So what happens, um, those people who really need the support might get uh, left out. And there you need to find a way to complement beyond Zoom. And I think that's where we, when we use WhatsApp, we could hear even those people who were not active in the uh, actual virtual uh, training, they could ask questions and we could respond adequately with them. At the same time, uh, while virtual uh, mediums are great, they can supplement in-person training. They cannot replace completely. We are on the journey to, uh, you know, find the perfect mix of a virtual training platform. But yes, these challenges will be there when we look forward. Great. Thanks so much for addressing that. And I agree 100% with um, how important it is to blend and combine like virtual with with in-person. So I'd like to move us on now and and you know, think broader uh, in what's happening in India. You know, the um, global What Women Want campaign, which was led by the White Ribbon Alliance. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. They surveyed like over a million women across 114 countries to say, what do you want for maternal and reproductive health care? And, you know, the second, you know, most reported demand was improved water, sanitation, hygiene services. They want clean facilities. They want clean toilets. They want healthcare providers using sterile supplies and they want access to soap and water. These are basic needs, you know, beyond what you've described, you know, what else is happening, you know, in India to make sure that these demands are met, especially during COVID? Thank you, Julia. I think this is very pertinent to what we are doing and why we exist. They exist to ensure that every woman gets what they need, what they desire when they are coming to the facility and having a proper toilet Having a place where I would like to take my wife for delivery is what we aim for. I think uh, in our program, what we have been uh, trying to ensure is, I, I will not name the facility, but one of the facility in charge during our basin assessment spoke about it and said, sir, we don't have a, a latch a, a latch on the bathroom doors and the, the doors are broken. Using our funds, we replace those doors immediately. And now any woman who is in the facility and uh, using those toilets, will definitely feel more protected and more respected when they uh, use those lavatory services. I think these are baby steps. We have not yet arrived uh, where we, I can say the job is done. But yes, the journey has begun. Great. Thanks so much, Dr. Sharma, for that response. Um, so I, I want to, like again, thinking bigger picture, sustainability is key for momentum, country, and global leadership. You know, What are your thoughts of how this work to improve water, sanitation, hygiene, and infection prevention control? So, yes. 
sustainability is a cornerstone of our program. We kept it as one of our program deliverable and objectives. And uh, in my opinion, the most crucial piece is to ensure ownership. If the facility staff and the government system owes a program and a policy level change can be done uh, to incorporate uh, this activity, I think that will ensure sustainability. The second part is ownership by the facilities themselves, uh, the providers who we are working with. They understand the, uh, that it is critical to ensure this uh, proper hand washing, IPC practices and wash services. I think the program will continue and sustain even beyond the lifetime of our project. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharma. You know that it's wonderful to hear all the incredible work your team has been doing. Thanks for joining us uh, from your home on Momentum Presents and sharing such rich information on how India has been innovating in a pandemic to leverage technology and innovations and improve water sanitation and hygiene and infection prevention control. It's been incredible, the things that you guys have, have done so quickly. So as we close, what advice do you have for others who might be interested in doing something similar? All right. Uh, I would like to have a five pointer for anybody who wants to do something similar. The first point is do a proper landscaping. Understand where you are, what are your immediate challenges, what kind of resources you have, and then plan. Plan small, but dream big. The second is ensure a network is built around what you are trying to do. A network wherein you have all the stakeholders on a common page where they understand why it is being done and what will be done and what kind of time frame you have. The third is involve everybody. By everybody, I mean everybody. Like in our program, I have mentioned, we have often found that the most important and most often ignored part is the weakest link, and that is the cleaning staff. And if they are not part of your solution, I'm sorry to say the solution will not work. Fourth will be innovate. Innovate and innovate. There is no other option uh, when we think of public health. Often we have found that we are reinventing the wheel. Do not reinvent. Learn from what has been done in the place. At the same time, innovate what you are doing. It may be a process innovation. It may be a product innovation. It may be asking others. Join uh, with people uh, who have already been doing amazing work. So when we said landscaping, that is also part of it. What other people are doing, uh, what other advice they can provide you, what other solutions they can bring on table and be ready to uh, engage with them. And lastly, when I say build for sustainability, if you have not built a solution which is going to sustain beyond your intervention, I think you are planning to fail. I would like to quote Benjamin Franklin here, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. I think that's all. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sharma. You know, it's it's been incredible to hear about all the work you've been doing. Uh, thank you so much, Julia. And thank you for inviting us and present our work with larger audience uh, in this podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Have a good day. Absolutely. An honor to have your time. My name is Julia Bluestone, and thank you for listening to this episode of Momentum Presents with Dr. Surendra Sharma from Momentum Country and Global Leadership. This concludes this edition of Momentum Presents. For more information about our work, please visit www.usaidmomentum.org and follow us on Twitter at USAID underscore Momentum for additional resources.